this. So did Pastor Joe just have a pulpit? We'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Before I get started here, I can bring some of the summer music. So anyway, just an update on your AFLC with all the different departments, what's going on, and there's quite a few of them back there. So take one of those with you, uh, if you would. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 is the text that I would like to preach from uh, today. And I've entitled it, Daily Renewal in the Christian Life. Well, let's see. I do have enough energy if you can to stand as I read this scripture passage. I'm going to start reading um, with verse 20 here, I think, just because... Get a little bit of an introduction into what Paul is saying here. Ephesians 4, 20, I'll start reading and then our text from 22. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you've heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit that takes that word and then applies it to us. So, Holy Spirit, would you do that today? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Through the preaching of George Whitfield in the 18th century, a man by the name of Robert Robinson was saved out of a background that was gross and godless. Robinson was in his young 20s. In fact, at the age of 23 in the year 1758, he was led of the Lord to put into print his own testimony in the hymn words, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. It wasn't long after that when Robinson defected. He left the claims of Jesus in the dust and he lived like a carnal, godless man until one day he stepped into a stagecoach that was occupied by a woman whose face was buried in a book of verse. She did not know him, and he did not know her. But she began to read this particular poem and said to the stranger, Listen to these words. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise and he sat there quietly surrounded by guilt and then she got to the stanza prone to wander lord i feel it prone to leave the god i love and he said stop stop i am that poor man unhappy man who composed that verse many years ago and I would give a thousand worlds to enjoy the feeling that I then had. 
You know, Robert Robinson was a man who had experienced the new birth in Christ. But somehow he left that and he was drawn back into a life of sin. And the Apostle Paul in this text describes the need for the believer to experience daily renewal in the Christian life. And so my prayer would be the Holy Spirit will help those of you who are trusting in Christ to daily put off that old man and put on that new man like Paul instructs us here. First of all, in verse 22, you've got an old self that must be laid aside. That's that old Adam that we are born with, that sinful nature. And this word is in the aorist tense in the Greek, which simply means it looks at that old flesh, that old Adam we have, and it looks at it and it sums it up and says, put that thing away. Put it away. There's nothing there in the Christian life that's worth salvaging. Just get rid of it. And how can you do that? Well, Paul in Romans 6.6 6 tells us that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. The only way we have the power to put off the old flesh is by what Jesus did on the cross. When he died on the cross, he defeated the power of the old flesh. He died and he paid your guilt penalty, your sin penalty, and my sin penalty, so that we would no longer have to be slaves to that old flesh. We don't have to live that way. And then he applies it in verse 11 of Romans 6 when he says, consider, see, look, count yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. We need to see ourselves as dead because the temptations are all around us, still as a Christian, aren't they? But we need to reckon and see ourselves. Oh, that's right, I don't have to live that way. I've been freed from the power of that old flesh. Luther said that that, in fact, is the meaning of baptism in the daily life of the Christian, is that the old Adam needs to be daily drowned. Put him off. Baptism isn't just a one-time thing. It is a daily putting him off, drowning him. Someone said the reason we got to do that is because that old Adam's a good swimmer. <laughs> he treads water really good. Daily put him off. So why put him to death? Well, look what Paul says in the verses prior to this text. The old self was poor, part of your former manner of life. He says this is how the Gentiles, those apart from Christ, this is how they live. Look at verse 17, in the futility of their mind. Useless thinking, apart from Christ, that's the way we think. Verse 18, they're darkened in their understanding. They have an unclear purpose of what life is all about. Verse 18, they're excluded from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorances in them. They have no knowledge of God, other than perhaps what we have from creation or in the darkened conscience. But think about it today. Man even wants to deny everything he sees of creation all around him. The, the order that you see in a leaf or in a rose or in a snowflake. They don't want to admit that there's a creator that made all of that. And consequently, they have become hardened of heart. And they have become what happens when you rake too many leaves without gloves calloused, hardened, 
And that's a lot of the way our culture is today. Hardened and calloused to the things of God because we deny that it even made this whole place. It just happened on its own. And then he says in verse 19, they have been given over to sensuality to practice every kind of impurity with greediness. And if that doesn't sound like our world today, practicing impurity. Now, not only is this old flesh something awful we're born with, but look at what Paul says in verse 22. On top of that, the old self is still being corrupted. One commentator says, this old Adam that we're born with isn't static. It's not just remaining this awful thing, but it's under the influence of being worse and worse and worse and worse. That's why we have to put him off. In March of 1994, there was a German tourist that checked into a hotel near the Miami International Airport. And that night when he went to bed, he noticed a foul odor in his room. But travelers have to put up with discomfort, so he slept that bed that night in the bed without complaint. Well, the next morning when he awoke, the odor was even worse. So as he checked out of the hotel, he reported the problem. And on Friday, March 11th, the maid was cleaning the room, and she discovered the source of the odor. Under the bed was a corpse. Ooh. Dead body under the bed. Now that sounds horrible, but you know what? According to what Paul's saying here, every one of you, me included, we've got like an old dead body that's living right within this body. The old Adam that's under decay. And not only that, look what he says in verse 22. It is being corrupted with the lust of deceit. So there's deceit that's at work in this old Adam that tries to trick and fool us. And think about the long list of godly people or people that started out with Jesus or a faith in God. You think about King Saul starting out as a humble man. But as time went on, started to think that as king, he could take the role of the priest he could do things on his own. <coughs> Pride. Or think about King David. Up on the roof and looking out at the neighbor's wife. Deceit at work. Or Samson, strong as could be, but deceived by a woman. Or Judas, or some shiny metal. <laughs> the deceit that is at work. E.T. Robertson says that this process of corruption is worse and worse and worse in this old Adam that we have. Sam Levinson tells the story. He says, while parking late at night, you slightly scrape the side of a Porsche. You're certain that no one else has seen what has happened. The damage is minor and it would be covered by insurance. So would you leave a note? I read not long ago about a fellow who really did that, except there were people watching. So he took out a piece of paper and he wrote on it, a number of people around me think I'm leaving you a note that includes my name and address, but I'm not. <laughs> That's the power Oops. of the old nature, isn't it? Oops. It's there to deceive, to make it look good, 
And every one of us has that old flesh that's still at work. And that's why Paul says to live the Christian life, <clears throat> we need to put that thing off every day. And the power to do it is by what Jesus did for you on the cross. He defeated it. But that's not your purpose anymore to feed the flesh. You've got a new purpose. Verse 23, the second part of our text. You need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I have this uh, Finnish blood in me, and the Finns like to get clean by having a sauna. Sauna. I don't know if anybody has steam baths down here, but I confess to you that I'm not very clean today because I haven't had a sauna in many years. <laughs> behind the potato when I was elected to serve in this office. So now all I do is take the shower and try to get clean that way. I don't get the sweat, the dirt out of me. I like to say that that's what we need in our mind every day as a believer. We need a spiritual sauna in our mind. Our mind needs to be transformed. Otherwise, the other option is to just be conformed to this world, like Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. But here he's saying we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But notice something here that this is in the passive voice. It doesn't say renew yourself. It says be renewed. And what's that saying to us is that we can't renew ourselves. Somebody else has to renew us. Be renewed. Let somebody operate on you. And I need to be operated on every day in my mind, or here it says, in the spirit of your mind. That's the part of us that's capable of relationships with one another. You know, if I left my spirit at home, well, you'd have this body here, but it wouldn't be able to tell you anything of what's going on inside here. It's our spirit that communicates the real us. And the same is true with God. It's our spirit that's capable of a relationship with God who is spirit. And we need to be renewed in our spirit of our mind. Why? Because the old habits want to regain control. There was a story about a man who was riding his bike down the street one day, and he came across a, a boy that had a lawnmower for sale. And it so happened that the man needed a lawnmower. And so he started talking about what the boy wanted for it. And as they were talking, the boy, he was kind of interested in a bike. So as they talked about it, they said, well, why don't we just trade? You can take my bike and I'll get your lawnmower. Well, the, the man says, I suppose before we seal the deal, I suppose really I should, uh, I should make sure this mower starts. So he, you know, he leaned over and he pulled a few times on it and pulled and he says, well, hold it a second. He says, this, this lawnmower doesn't run. Well, the boy says, I forgot to tell you. He said, uh, this particular lawnmower, in order to get it to start, you need to cuss and swear at it. Every time. Oh. Well, the man says, uh, that's not going to work because I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 30 years. He said, I, I wouldn't even remember what those words were. The boy says to him, uh, I'll tell you what, Pastor. He says, if you just bend over and keep pulling on that, it'll all come back to you real quick. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? The old Adam's there, isn't it? 
real quick. That's why we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind every day of our life. Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how does that happen? Well, you know, God gave to us three means of grace by which he wants to help us be renewed. We need to be reminded that when we're baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, that that was my death to sin, and I am resurrected to live a new life. You're resurrected to live a new life. This life is not yours anymore. It belongs to Jesus. This life is not mine. It belongs to Jesus. He created you, and he died to redeem you at the cross. It is his life. That helps remind us. And then, of course, we have the Lord's Supper, where we partake of the body of Christ that was given for you. The blood of Christ that was shed for you so that you don't have to pay your sin penalty for all of eternity and be separated from God. God did that in Christ for you. That's a means by which he gives his grace to us. I like to remind people in that acrostic, you know, what is grace? It is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is. Saved by grace. He did it. If I admit my sin and trust him, he forgives me. And then, of course, we have the chief means of grace. The very word of God. To transform my finished thinking, your German thinking, into thinking that's heavenly. And that's a moment-by-moment -moment process. My Norwegian father-in-law had a pretty good model that he lived by. His model was this. No Bible, no breakfast. Hmm. Maybe that would be helpful to you. You know, it's really important if you want to live Christian life to have this coming in. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To read it. The entrance of thy word gives light. To listen to it preached. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples in John 15? Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word cleanses us as we hear it preached or read. And then if you memorize the word, you can put it into your spiritual arsenal so that when you have to do battle with the enemy, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, you have something to do to fight with. Thy word is a lamp and a light. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Memorize the word. And then, of course... If you meditate on the word, kind of like what we learned from the cows chewing the cud, right? <laughs> up and down, up and down. <laughs> Chew on the word that helps to transform our thinking. 
In a view from the zoo, Gary Richmond, a former zookeeper, has this to say. He says raccoons go through a glandular change at about 24 months, and they often attack their owners. Anybody got a pet raccoon right now? Since a 30-pound raccoon can equal a 100-pound dog in the scrap, I felt compelled to tell the, tell the compelled to mention the change that was coming to the pet raccoon owned by a young friend of mine, Julie. She listened politely as I explained the coming danger. And then he says, I'll never forget her answer. It will be different for me. Bandit would never do that to me. He just wouldn't. Three months later, Julie underwent plastic surgery for facial lacerations sustained when her adult raccoon attacked her for no apparent reason. And then Bandit was released into the wild. He writes, Sin too often comes dressed in an adorable guise. And as we play with it, how easy it is to say, it will be different for me. <clears throat> you can look at those few pictures on the internet and you won't become a slave to pornography. It'll be different for you. It won't be different for you. You can read those romance novels, ladies, and uh, keep it separate from your marriage and not get lost in that. <coughs> but it won't be different for you. You can live in that dream world and not seek to work at loving or respecting your husband, even though he's a sinful human being. It won't be different. That's the disguise, the guise of sin. That's why we need God's word to renew our thinking every day. So that's why that's the second part of daily renewal. Then thirdly, in verse 24, you need to put on the new self. Now this new self, that's what Jesus died on the cross to defeat the old flesh. And he has this to offer, this new Adam, this new man that comes to live within the believer. And when you put your faith and trust in Christ, there's a new nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. And with that comes a whole bunch of new desires. New desires. Remember when my dad got converted at age 31? One of his, some of his old friends that he went to Dunwoody with, they were talking, they said, you know that Tim Coronan used to be so much fun until he got converted. And now he can't do this and he can't do that. And my dad said, you know, I just couldn't get him to understand that it wasn't that I couldn't do it, but I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Jesus gave me new desires. And that's the new nature, isn't it? The old flesh is still there, but the new man has new desires. And that's what we need to put that on. It's interesting that this is also in the aorist tense. And it looks at this new creation of God, this new man. And it looks at it and it says, yep, that's what you want to put on. It's like when I go to rent a car because we travel a lot and it's a lot cheaper to rent. Well, it wasn't during COVID part of the time, but now it's coming down again. 
But anyway, I usually rent the cheapest car I can find, a compact, or sometimes a, a mid-size, you know, if it's only $5 more or something, if it's a long, long trip. But a couple of times when I've gone to get my car, I come in there and they say, well, will a Dodge Charger be okay? I'm like, <clears throat> well, we'll try to put up with it. You know? <laughs> but you know what? When you're given a Dodge Charger to drive for the same price as a compact, there's only one thing to do. Drive that thing. That was the law, but drive that thing. You've been given a new car. Drive it. And that's what Paul is saying here. As he looks at this new nature that's made in the likeness of Christ, the likeness of God, put it on. Let that be in control. One commentator, F.F. Bruce, says this. Be what you are. Notice he doesn't say, try to live like Jesus. You'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. Be what you are. You're a new creation in Christ. Be what you are. Be what the calling of God has made you. Notice your new self has been created in the likeness of God. But notice it's not God but it's made in the likeness of God. And Colossians 3.10, which is kind of a parallel uh, passage, it says, the new self who is being renewed. Do you hear the process there? It's being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. In other words, it's a process. We know from Scripture that when a person repents of their sin and puts their trust in Christ that God the Father declares you to be justified. Justified before God, before himself, because Christ has paid your penalty. It's a courtroom decision. Justified, cleansed. But the living out of that is a process of sanctification in their daily lives. And sometimes I'm afraid that Lutherans are afraid to talk about sanctification because they think it's going to mess up justification and that you're going to start to think, well, you got to try to work on your own salvation. No, you can't work to get to heaven. That's a gift. That's justification. But when you're justified and you're declared not guilty before God, now you are empowered to live differently to live sanctified and let Christ, let this new man live and react through you. Look at what else he says about the new self. It's created in righteousness. Remember what that old flesh was still being corrupted? Under the process of corruption, but the new one is created in righteousness. And that's God's work. Like 2 Corinthians 5.21 where it says, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. Think about that. That you who are a filthy, wretched sinner by nature, myself included, because of Christ's death in our place, we are declared to be the righteousness of God in him. Can you find a better deal than that in this world? I love good deals. I got a good one on Friday afternoon. 
but nothing compared to this one. The righteousness of God. Clean before my Lord I stand. And in me not one blemish. Does he see? He sees Jesus. And then he gives that to us. Be what you are. Back in the Old West, there was a cowboy that worked hard. He worked hard all week long. And then come Friday afternoon, the cowboy went to the end of Main Street, and there was the bank. And the cowboy got his pay. And then when the cowboy got his pay, then he started down Main Street. The cowboy's first stop was the saloon. Get a little bit schnockered up. The second stop for the cowboy was the theater. Feed the flesh. The third stop for the cowboy on Friday night was the house of prostitution. Really feed the flesh. Feed his sexual desires. And that's what the cowboy did. Bank, saloon, theater, prostitution. Every Friday night. That's the way the cowboy lived. But then it happened to the cowboy what's going to happen to every one of us one day. The cowboy died. And they put the cowboy on a horse-drawn hearse at the end of Main Street. And that hearse was taken, and it happened to be a Friday, right down Main Street. But a strange thing happened. As he was going down Main Street, he was going by the saloon, but the cowboy didn't go in. And then he went by the theater and the cowboy didn't go in. And then he even went by the house of prostitution and the cowboy didn't go in. And the cowboy didn't go in because the cowboy was dead. You see why Paul says, see yourself to be dead unto sin. See yourself to be dead unto sin. Reckon yourself. Consider. Look. Will the saloon still be there? They're all over, right? Will the theater or whatever will want to feed the flesh be there? It's all over, isn't it? The prostitution still there? It's all over. The computer screen. The novels, whatever have you in this world for temptation, it's all there. But Paul says what we need to do is see ourselves that I'm dead. That's not my purpose, to drown my sorrows in drink. It's not my purpose to feed the flesh. My purpose now is to glorify God, the one who made me. The one who died for me on the cross. And that's what your purpose is if you're a believer in Christ. Not to feed the flesh because that leads back into slavery to sin and death like Robert Robinson. The last thing he says in our text is that the new self is created in the holiness of truth. You remember what influence the old flesh was under deceit. The new nature 
is under the influence of the truth. And the truth is in Jesus, isn't it? The truth is in the word of God. Be what you are in Christ. Let Jesus live through your life. I want to close with this story. Andre Sue Peterson writing in World Magazine contemplates the living out of this biblical mix for the believer as she and her husband recently experienced a change in their home. She writes, My father-in-law moved in with us from Michigan. This is rubber meets the road time. At the end of the first two weeks, I said to my husband, I have been kind and tender-hearted toward your father for two weeks now. But what happens when he starts to see the real me? My husband replied, so you plan to stop putting on Christ at some point? In the conclusion to her article, this is what she says. But the truth is, I am not my dark side. It's not fraudulent for me to be slow to speak and gentle of demeanor. To consciously put on these godly behaviors is actually a biblical command for the believer. Ephesians 4.24 Put on the new self. Obedience is not hypocrisy. I love how she says this. It's new creation time. I try it on for size. I walk around in it. And I foresee no plans to at some point stop putting on my new face. Isn't that helpful? <laughs> this is rubber meets the road time. Father-in-law moved in with us. So what kind of challenges are you facing in your Christian life? The computer screen? The magazine? The novels? The programs where you escape reality, you feed the flesh for a while? Put that old man off that's desiring that. Ground him. By the power of the cross, you can do that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then look at that new man created in Christ that scripture talks about. Put that one on. Be what you are in Christ. In creation. Father, thank you for freeing us from the power of sin. That we don't have to give in. Those desires will be there. The deceit will be there. But that new nature has new taste buds. New desires for the things of God. Thank you for the power of your word to be able to transform our thinking. Help my brothers and sisters here. Help me. Put off the old. Be renewed with the spirit of my mind. Put on Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hymn number 168. It is the first Sunday in Advent, isn't it? 168. Let's uh, go ahead if you will are able to and stand together as we sing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, 168. Holy hearts to God, and peace of one Lord Jesus, Lord bless thee. Lord, make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious.
Lord, lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord bless you.